On this podcast, we celebrate this time of year in the wonderful spirit of Christmas. Proof without a doubt that Die Hard is, well, you'll just have to listen to the podcast to find out. God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas to all our listeners. My name is Mark Sevy, and this is Plot Points Podcast. Mark with uh, Plot Points Podcast. Uh, it's about a week before Christmas, maybe 10 days, uh, nine days. We are uh, convening on a Sunday afternoon, a beautiful day in Southern California. Um, with me are uh, two of uh, some of the finest people in uh, their own minds. Uh, Chris Styers, who is my, uh, been my regular co-host the last few podcasts. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Oh, Thank good. Thank you for asking. Yeah, then no, you know, you and I, you and I have known each other for a lot longer than either one of us wants to admit. Um, yeah. And uh, wonderful human being, I saw him on Saturday at the Southern California Writers Association uh, holiday meeting, which was great. Uh, this is Jeff Michaels. Hi, Jeff. How you doing, Mark? I'm great. I'm love great. What you, love what you did to the place. Uh, I I ran into Jeff at this meeting and and uh, he just charmed me Uh, I've known him for several years we we uh, we come to know each other through an odd series of circumstances we were the the Orange County Screenwriters Association ran a contest uh, for short stories or short scripts and we ended up uh, making this one called Harvey the Monster Racist, which was a great concept uh, about a guy who hated the um, all the Universal Studios monsters because they were taking his jobs. Um, so because they were being they were no longer as viable because of Twilight, they had shiny vampires and Dracula couldn't get a job as a as Dracula. And Jeff, because he is uh, quite a a tall man got the role of Frankenstein. Um, I'll post a link if I can find it to the, to the short that we eventually made, but he, 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 you know, they put all this incredible makeup on him and he looked at really a lot better than he does in real life. So uh, I don't actually, know what the lesson actually very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got the part because I was halfway there without the makeup. That's true. That's sure. true. Good point. Good point. But he was, he was excellent. Um, and we became friends and, and uh, we see each other, uh, you know, at least uh, probably about uh, six, seven times a, a month or a year. He comes, he comes to some of our functions and Jeff is also a, uh, a, a published author and 
I don't know if you have any any script writing aspirations at all, Jeff. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever tried that or if that's something in well, your. I, I turned I turned uh, uh, one of my short stories, the only horror story that I've ever written, and I and I, you know, I, it's it's so weird how that one follows me around because it's really atypical of what I normally write. Mm. Uh, but I turned that into a script uh, for your contest. Which I didn't win, oh. um, but but I'm not bitter because I did get to uh, join the ranks of those who have played Frankenstein. Oh, monster, so that was a lot of fun. Is, is but, that, uh, yeah, we we turned it into that script, and and you actually created a category for me, the most creatively disturbing, <laughs> um, <laughs> which which I pride myself on. Mark. I, would, I, I mean, that's in my resume. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I I was probably very sincere at the moment. I uh, I don't recall all of that, but. Uh, so is that the that's is that the horror story you don't you don't like to talk the award winning horror story you don't like to it, talk about exactly exactly I've won uh, I've won a, a couple of awards with that thing and, and uh, it, I mean it's creepy it's creepy as hell and I, uh, and I it scares me you know but uh, um, mostly mostly what I write I try to write upbeat um, kind of metaphysically minded mythology based fantasy stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and, it, you know, I, I try to answer life's questions or at least pose some different questions, you know, to, to get people thinking a little bit differently about stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk to you more about that later in the podcast, because that's really that's really fascinating to me. Um, yeah. What would you I mean, I'm on your website. I'm looking at that great picture of you and that smile. I what, how would you describe what you do uh, besides the writing and, uh, you know, the the uh, erudite man about town? What? How would you describe what you do? As a metaphysicist, metaphysician, meta, whatever the heck that word is. Okay, <laughs> metaphysicians. So, metaphysicians. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I reach. Uh, I, I try to. What I try to do is I try to strip away um, the, the kind of gravity of the world, you know, the, mm. the weight of the world, so that people can really be lighter about themselves and really kind of see things from a different perspective rather mm-hmm. than always, you know, what's the survival instinct that I have to follow today it's more like what's my heart's desire, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, and I, I guess, I guess when I start to describe it like that, then I, I fall back on, I've got a few phrases and stump speeches that I use a lot of the time. But one of the things that I tell people is if you follow your brain, Mm-hmm. You're going to end up with a very logical thing, but mm-hmm. the logic thing is almost always too small for your heart's desire mm-hmm. because the brain, the logic box, and you know, it only will make a box as big as what's, what it absolutely needs to make. Whereas the heart's desire is wild and you know, wide open. Mm-hmm. And if wow. you lead with the heart's desire, the brain's okay with that. But the brain says, great, I'll build a box that big. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's required. Right. So go with your heart's Makes desire sense. first, right? So that's that's kind of that's kind of me in a nutshell, right there. All right. Well, we'll talk. We'll get into more detail on that in a little bit. Um, so because uh, I, I, like I said, I'm really interested in hearing that. I I tend to be a little bit more nuts and bolts about my writing, but I firmly believe that the only reason I'm a uh, semi-successful writer is because I, I listen to my subconscious mind. I just let that be the, uh, the guide. So we can talk a yeah. little bit about that. I think Chris is probably of the same opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. cool. So, uh, as is the, uh, Larry will be joining us in about 15 minutes, I think 15 or so minutes. Uh, so we'll try to, um, 
work him into our top five Christmas movies because that's uh, what it, the season requires. I'm uh, I'm kind of still recovering from last night. We had our my I I throw a Christmas party for my classes and for OC screenwriters and uh, oh my God, uh, somebody introduced the 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 one of the hosts introduced me to a drink called the Whiskey Mac, which which uses uh, I think just straight whiskey and some sort of ginger wine or something. And it, it is, it's devastating. It is, I mean, in the old days, we would, we would politically incorrectly call it her, but it, uh, <laughs> it, uh, I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for that too. But that, hey, that's what we used to call it. I would never say that right now, but, uh, but it, it, uh, oh my God, it was, I had three of them and I was feeling no pain. So, um, so of course, and then the food was just incredible. So anyway, to all my, uh, my, my students, uh, and the, uh, the, the boys and girls of, uh, the ONC Screenwriters Association, we had a great time. We, I always do a two page writing contest, screenwriting contest. So we, we, they do shorts and then we judge those. I also do a bad metaphor contest and some of those were like incredible. And then we also do, I added this year bad script notes. And I think the one that won was um, script notes to Robert Town on Chinatown, which was uh, Bob loved the script, hate the location. Could we set it in Irvine? Uh, so, so anyway uh it was uh that was the one that won i think that was the uh, script notes but uh, what we like to talk about yeah, there's a couple highlight topics uh one is what are we uh working on um jeff or well let's say let's jeff are you working on uh anything right now i know you're working on a a, a fantasy series of some sort um uh, but you also should also mention that jeff was published in the Southern California Writers Association anthology book, which I will post a link to, uh, is, is, are you working on anything else right now, Jeff writing wise? Yeah, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm always working on short stories because uh-huh. the, you know, they, those ideas come and smack you in the head when yeah, you're not love, looking. Love so short stories. You gotta, yeah. Yeah. You got to follow that a little bit. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but, uh, I've got a whole file of things that are, that are maybe, m- maybe stories is what I call them because mm-hmm. maybe we'll, a complete story at some point in time but mostly what i've been working on is the fantasy series right now and um i talk you know you, you asked if i wanted to talk about some some creativity a little bit um you know and that's one of the things uh that happens and i think i think you are a pretty creative person mark i've seen you. you know i've seen your scripts and i've seen your work and and you you really you try to bring some originality to to things but the the, the struggle that you probably have is uh with screenplays is i mean it's such a structured uh, you, you know, you've got to follow the beats and the Sid Fields and, and Nah, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not never a struggle for me, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I understand how people could look at it and think, Oh, it's a, you've got to do this. And you, that is never a problem. I'm sure you do the same thing, exact same thing, but you just don't, you yeah. just don't quantify it. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is we talk about pantsers and plotters and I'm, I'm a pantser, like, almost pure me too until i get to the second act 
And all panthers turn into plotters in the second act. Not true. Not true. Not even close (laughs) to being true. You're talking out of your ass again as usual, but that's okay. That's okay. But that's that's where you get writer's block is is your second act because you've got a great opening and you know what happens at the end, but how do you get from point A to point yeah. C? You know? yeah, act two is a bit. Um, that's why my book is called Cracking Act Two. So, Cracking Act Two, yeah. That's a great. That's a great title. Yeah. Yeah. So, are, so what, where are you? Where are you with the, Where are you with the mystical histories or whatever that's going to be called? Well, we're working on book two and three at the same time of uh, of the trilogy that I call the Tassa trilogy, Tassa's Passage, um, Tassa being the main character. And it it ran into some snags because I originally started to write this thing because I wanted to write uh, something that was not as dark as Harry Potter got. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just Harry Potter enveloped me in, in the fourth book and just, I, I was kind of buried in it. I just thought, mm. I, I go through with this i can't read this it's just too dark mm, the world the world can't be this dark well guess what uh <laughs> yeah it did so you know i started writing the series as kind of a counterpoint i wanted it to be happy children dancing in the forest like a ren fair or something like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh all of a sudden it got dark you know so <laughs> now i've got to kind of <laughs> i've got to cope with the darkness and yet still maintain the Ultimately, what I hope to be a, a positive end to this to the series to uh-huh. this trilogy, mm-hmm. but because it's a a major turning point in in the larger s- scope of things, the larger series, um, I've got to get the larger series mapped out as well. So mm-hmm. again, I'm looking at the structure. You know, one thing one of the things that happens to me with this is um, if if I start to think about it too much, and, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Then I'm not. Then I'm not following my heart. A lot of times, if I can just trust my characters to tell me their version of what happened, absolutely, uh, right? You know, the process gets a lot easier. So, well, that's where I. That's what I said with about my. I I learned early in my writing career uh, that uh, if I trust my subconscious mind and let it yeah. dictate, um, my work always turns out much better than I have any right to believe it will. Uh, yeah. So. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, uh, uh, can people read any of your work uh, anywhere right now? Yeah, we've got um, we've got a short story on Kindle called. Um... <laughs> Think of it and come back. We'll come back to it. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to it because because it's actually part of a larger work. Uh, uh, it's. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll come up with it. I'll, yeah, I'll that's fine. That's fine. No problem. But then I've also got the first. Uh, I've got the first book out called Tassa's Path. T O S S A. T A S A. T A. Okay. T A S A. Tassa's Path. Tassa's Path. P A T H. Okay. Yeah. And um, we've got the short story book, uh, A Day at the Beach, and other brief diversions. Do you have an author? Do you have an author's page on Amazon? Yes, I do. Okay, I'll just link to the author's page. Then we can sure. we can shortcut the process. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I, I. You know, the funny thing is, besides that short script you mentioned, I don't think I've ever read anything of yours. But but you can be sure I'll be contributing to your uh, your your three or four cents a uh, a an issue uh, royalties on Amazon or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Chris, do you get royalties on Amazon? Uh, no, I get it to all of them through my publishing houses. Uh, oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, so uh, uh, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you uh, detailing uh, all that. Call, 
It's called Crossing Jack, is what it's called. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> isn't the isn't the internet wonderful? Yes, we it, love it. Yeah, you know, I, I had to look it up. I, oh, that's okay. That's okay. Hey, you know, that's a sign of a man who's who's already who who isn't living in the past, and he's already thinking about his future projects. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gone from that one. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, your uh, your website is jeffreyjmichaels.com, and that's spelled just like it sounds. And I'll link to it in the show notes, but uh, people can also. Uh, find you on Amazon, and I will also link to the Amazon. So his name is Jeffrey J. Michaels, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S. And he's a Gemini, ladies, in case you're interested. Uh, he he actually put that on his website. So um, that kind of scares me a little bit about you, Jeff, you know, Geminis. I don't know. My sister's a Gemini. So. Yeah. We're, we're, we're never alone. <laughs> is that like a astrologist joke or something like that? Is that like at, yeah, the, yeah. at the convention? We're, is that the one that gets the biggest chuckle? Yeah. So <laughs> if, if nobody, yeah, if nobody else shows up to the party, that's okay. The party's still going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Chris, are you, uh, you, you've been working, uh, several weeks on, uh, your, your, you've been doing, I think rewrites and also on your seventh or eighth novel or whatever it is. Tell me, a little right. bit about well my creative writing part has come to a halt temporarily Uh-oh. because the business end of having a novel published has come up mm-hmm. the publishing house which is going to uh, publish the thurian chronicles next year mm-hmm. sent me several documents one of which is they want my input on how to promote the novel. Oh, God. And they've got all kinds of different things for me to write out, which includes, which I've never been good at with the screenplays, either log lines, mm-hmm. uh, one sentence tweets that they can send out that would hook people. Wow. And then I've got to write a... Uh, what I think should be on the uh, jacket cover. Wow, that's great, though, isn't it? And they want my input on uh, what they should consider for the cover art. I think and that all then, sounds. That all, I think that all sounds very, very positive to me. You get some. Well, yes, but it takes a lot of work. Sometimes I feel like I'm working more on, longer on this than I did on the novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, that because you want to get it phrase just right and um it's like they want you to condense down to one or two pages the entire plot of the novel mm-hmm. and include the ending oh interesting huh. anything and they've got a new category i hadn't seen before uh they want us to put in anything that people reviewing the books might you know, for whatever magazine they're doing, it might be a contradiction or a taboo. You know, I don't like, know what that uh, means. I mean, if you have any domestic violence or graphic violence, oh, interesting, or uh, you know, things along that line that certain magazines don't want to touch. Right. In other words, if you post the lyrics to "Baby, It's Cold Outside," you may get uh, you may get in trouble, right? <laughs> They call that trigger yeah, warning. Yeah, I, I did. I did when I posted it on uh, mm. my Facebook page. Yeah. That song caught a little bit, but not yeah. much. Yeah. What's it called, Jeff? They call those trigger warnings. Trigger yes, warnings. Get, yeah, right. that was the topic, so, and I 
the publishing houses that have sent me this type of work before they have, they've never had that category before. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I hope so you use as one writer to another. I'm, I'm sorry, Mark. No, 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 Jeff. It's yeah. It's not my show. It's whoever is is on the other end of the microphone. So go ahead, please. <laughs> well, Chris, let's just you and I take over right now. Okay. <laughs> We're planning. Okay, a coup's going on. Okay. All right. I'm I'm muting both of you assholes. So go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go this ahead. This is why he edits, right? Ahead, so, I, I was just going to say, Chris, I mean, do you feel like they're asking you to do a lot of the work that normally the publisher would have done in the past? Uh, I think so. But also most, I mean, all of my books have, none of them have been by the big publishers. They're all small, okay. small publishing houses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I also think if it had been a big publishing house, they wouldn't have asked me these questions at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what's more frustrating is is doing the work that they normally would or allowing them to butcher your work with their ideas of what it, how it should be sold. Yeah, so, but I have seen in the not I haven't had any real bad um experiences, but I have seen them take some of my ideas and just either ignore them or thrash them. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, okay, why did you ask? Yeah, well, welcome, welcome, welcome to Hollywood. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's really, I think that's kind of exciting. I hope you use me as a sounding board or if you need any help with it, I'm happy to throw my two cents in. So, uh, cause I, I'm actually pretty good with log lines. I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. I had to, you know, get those skills. Well, the one tweet that I came up with that I think they'll like, I'm not sure. But I, and I'm surprised my mind wrote this, I put in there, love and lust can be intertwined. Hmm, that's interesting. I like that. It doesn't say much about the, your book, though. Well, what it, they just wanted, a, you know, something that would... A compelling tweet. ...somebody's interest. Yeah. Right, right. For, for that section. And I believe in the stories my... Lovers, uh-huh. they are not. They're falling in love with each other, but they're in lust with each other too. Mm-hmm. Well, so um, I yeah, I like it. I mean, I think the thing you want to do is. I know you don't tweet, though, do you? Nope. Yeah. Well, maybe you should. Maybe you need to start getting getting involved in that world a little bit. Why well, do I have to read Trump <laughs> stuff? Are you making me? No, I think you know, I think it's only if you work for CNN. Are you? Uh, oh, okay. Or are you Fox? Yeah, or well, Fox. I don't think reads his stuff. I think they. they never mind. We're not going to get into this political. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, note to self: cut all, cut that out. Cut yeah. that. No, okay. I'm. I yeah. I I'm not. I'm. I have a total disdain for the administration, but we definitely shouldn't touch yeah, that. Yeah, let's not go there. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Larry was supposed to call in, so let's talk a little bit while while we're still waiting. If he if he doesn't call in by the time we're done with the segment, we'll just go ahead with our Christmas films. Uh, are, is anybody watching anything uh, that they want of note that they'd like to mention uh, on the uh, on the podcast? Yeah, uh, this past week, uh, unless Jeff, unless you want to go first. 
No, go no, for it. Go, go ahead, jump in. Okay. I, I saw three different things that I was just, I'm going, wow. The first, I, I saw the pilot for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Right, right. And it was really intriguing. Yeah, it's Unfortunately, getting... unless it goes on a different venue, I'm not going to be able to see any more episodes. But why not? Uh, I don't have Amazon Prime. Oh, uh, I I live with Amazon Prime. Well, wait a minute. Okay. Let's hold. Let's hold off on that because I think Mr. Porcelli's with us. Okay. Well, way up north where the air gets cold, there's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told. And real Hi, how are you? Hi, Je- uh, Larry. You're with Jeff and Chris and me. Um, welcome to the podcast. I know you're. This time of year is extremely busy for you, but you also have uh, so many things going on with Maya Cinemas, which you work for as uh, one of the, the top, the high muckety mucks of uh, Maya. But uh, so thanks for joining us. We were we were going to get started on what are we watching, but let's we can jump into top uh, our top five Christmas films if you want to. So. Um, so the thing I'd like to also do is do a discussion after this. So let's be as brief as possible with our list. Um, you know, I don't want to go into extra innings with uh, all these thematic overlays and stuff. Let's just, you know, let's just talk as fanboys on on our Christmas top Christmas movies and see what we come up with. Larry, I'll let you go first uh, in case you have to bug out at any point. So uh, did you make a list? Are you checking it twice? Oh, yeah. I'm, I made it. All right. By the way, Larry played. Uh, uh, Larry does. Uh, he's got a great heart. He does a um, uh, thing for underprivileged. Is it underprivileged children at the theater, Larry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last night he he plays Santa Claus, and so he walked into my Christmas party fully dressed as Santa Claus, and. <laughs> You should have seen all the people lining up to take selfies with him. It was incredible. It was just amazing. But, uh, but that's that's uh, that's the kind of guy he is. That's the kind of screw he is, as they used to say in the hard boiled. Uh, so, anyway, but yeah. thanks for thanks for for doing that. I mean, you you know, I knew you. I know you had an amaretto cake waiting on the end of that, so that's why you came. But I do appreciate the fact <laughs> that, you, that you came dressed in full costume. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I did have a screw, a screw loose, is what they say. Yeah, well, you were. I couldn't. I, I, I looked at you, and I knew you must have been really hot in that in that outfit. It 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 had to have been. You know, you, plus you had that full that beard was amazing. That that uh, fake beard you had was incredibly big. Well, way up north where the air gets cold, there's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told. So, all right. Um, anyway, thanks for thanks for doing that. It was fun. Uh, it was great to see you there. Anyway, so uh, what do you what do you uh, what are your top five Christmas movies? Well, my top five um, was Love Actually is probably my favorite. Okay, and uh, that one just because it the first time I saw it, it was so you know a bunch of different people's stories all brought together at Christmas time and. Mm-hmm. So he had the most of you know wildest dreams with the guy going to America and trying to find all the girls, and he finds five of them, and mm-hmm. and then the, the uh, prime minister Hugh Grant who uh, ends up in love with uh, someone who works at his office. It was just greatly done. I love that one. And then Home Alone was one of my favorites. Oh yeah, a great time, great you know f- simple premise. Kid left home, uh, you know where the parents go away for a uh, holiday and forget him because they have. A bunch of other ones. I 
I then go back into, you know, I could go back. My other ones after that are ones, old ones that I've still watched when they're on TV. You know, uh, you know, I will watch Miracle on 47th Street if it's on at 1 a.m., 5 a.m., 3 a.m., 9 a.m. You know, it was on yesterday uh, when I got home from that party and I watched it again. And um, it's just you're talking so about, well done. Yeah, you're talking about the Miracle original, the original, right? Street, right. The original one, Maureen O'Hare and Edmund Gwynn. And it was just a feel good, you know, you're bigger than, you know, people who are always tearing you down, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I was, I really, really enjoyed that. And I always, of course, enjoyed um, the original Christmas Carol, mm. which uh, the original one from the 30s with uh, Alistair, with no, not with Alistair Sim. He was in the 50s. There was another one with Reginald Owen. And I guess maybe I liked it because I watched it for the first time when I was a little child. Mm-hmm. So on TV or something. So I really enjoyed it. But it carried that whole, you know, who knew that uh, Dickens could write uh, science fiction, you know. <laughs> and it was a great tale. And uh, it just has carried through time and again with many interpretations. And even Hallmark Channel has done one with uh, a woman being the one who has the uh, problems and everything else. So mm-hmm. it, it, you know, the story is ubiquitous and can be switched. And right. the other one, I, you know, I love that one. And I really like, um, the last one I'll say is a one, a small one called gift of the Magi. And it was part of a, uh, a movie about O Henry's five, five stories yeah. by O Henry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this was just a, a short, you know, it was maybe 20 minutes and, you know, but it carried the whole, love theme of Christmas with it and the husband sacrificing to get his wife uh, selling his watch, you know, to oh, sell yeah. so, he, so he could get her the comb and brush set and her selling her hair so she could right. get him the case for his watch. And when they got together, neither of them had anything that they needed, you know, so right. that, that the gifts were for, but it was just so touching, you know. Wasn't, so, wasn't uh, that based in a short story? Yeah. Yeah, that was based on one of O'Henry's short stories. Right, right. They did five of his short stories in that movie, and that was one of them. Mm. And so it was a movie, you know, O'Henry's Five Tales or something like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Those are you know, those I watch any time, day or night. And, you know, you'll probably come to the question later about Die Hard. But, uh, you know. Was, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute. All right. Yeah. All right. But those were... My top ones, and you know, there's probably a million others, but uh, I really like those. Well, it, what's interesting about Dickens? I'll mention it with my list, but uh, I'm looking online, and apparently, the first version of that was done in 1901, uh, mm. called Scrooge or Marley's Ghost, and then the first oh. version that was called A Christmas Carol was 1908. So I think that's uh, now, the 1901 one. Wasn't that like around? Was that one like? 15 or minutes or something? Probably. Yeah. The film began in 18, 1896, I think. So this would have been a very, very, this would have, might've been even uh, Edison and Edison, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Edison studios, which was, uh, what's his name? Edison. So Jersey Thomas. Yeah. He was doing his work out of New Jersey, Edison studios. And he did that and he did a whole bunch of them and they were they, I guess they didn't have the capability to do them long, but they or didn't knowledge or maybe about, maybe know about splicing. <laughs> well, yeah, so. maybe that's yeah, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, this would have been an early. This would have been one of the first because uh, Edison did a lot of like uh, classic 
like Frankenstein and and Dracula and stuff like that. And so I didn't realize he had done a uh, a Marley's Ghost or one and, and whatever. But this was a British version, I, I think is is what it's saying. So I have to look into that. I'll put some links for for that. That's 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 a really what a cl- talk about a classic Christmas movie, Christmas Carol. Huh? So okay, cool. That's a great list. I, uh, the Gift of the Magi. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I read the story, but I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. But that sounds really, really interesting too. All right. Well, that's that was great. Uh, Jeff, do you have a do you have your five top uh, Christmas movies? Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's hear uh, them. Not not in any particular order. I I'm going to put Elf on my list right now, but uh, that's probably not going to stay there next year. <laughs> I, I only put it on there. <laughs> I'd never seen the film until just the other day. Uh-huh. Oh, it's it, a fun. It's it, fun. It was way better than I expected it to mm-hmm. be. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the storytelling is a little bit thin, but the concept is so fun. It is. And Will Ferrell is just over the top. <laughs> okay. I, I like that one a lot. Um, Scrooged is probably one of my favorites. Um, with Phil, Phil Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, a modern retelling crazy. of a Christmas Carol. Yeah. 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 Uh, Michael O'Donohue is the uh, one of the screenwriters on that. Oh, he was he was fantastic. Yeah, what a crazy guy! I mean, he was a dangerous, dangerous guy. But you know, in terms of his writing, but that that's one of his most accessible projects. And right. I just I love yeah, it. Michael. Plus, you know, it's got. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's you know it's, what I love about films, uh, and I think probably the thing that stands out is when they have some kind of whacked out line. Mm-hmm. You know that that. That they just leave it in there, you know. So when uh, Carol Kane is beaten up on uh, Bill Murray's character, Frank Cross, uh, at one point in time, she says, "Don't vex me, Frank, or I'll fix your mouth so it won't hold soup." <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just this insane line, you know. That's a great and, and, line, and, yeah. yeah, and so you know that was that was great. Um, I really, you know, I, I go uh, with Larry on Love Actually. I like that one a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It's not. It, it, it's less a Christmas story and more a group of tales that occurred during the season, but there's a lot of Christmassy con commentary in there. You know? Yeah. Um, and that one's got that, that one scene too, where uh, uh, she says that there was more than one lobster at the birth of Jesus. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, again, you know, just a whacked out line and, and they, and they leave it in there. Yeah. The writer, of, the writer of love actually is a really talented British writer, just an incredible talent. So yeah, uh, Rich, yeah. was that uh, Richard Curtis? Yeah. An incredible man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a what a way to to put a film together. Huh? Honestly, God, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, and, and so like that's a massive stories, but it's about all of these different people who interconnect at different mm-hmm. points. Yeah, it's vignettes. Uh, I, right, right. right. And I like a Christmas story because it's sort of the same thing but opposite. It's just the the one kid and his family and all the people that they encounter, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Ralphie and 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 the old man and and all of that. Um, but I love Gene Shepard. I mean, Gene Shepard's stories are always just spot on with their, their humor and their timing and, and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Christmas story. Christmas story makes it to my five. Okay. Um, I gotta, I gotta do a, a, an honorable mention with that because Gene Shepard, if you ever listen to the guy, he was a masterful storyteller. There's another fellow out there called Stuart McLean mm-hmm. and he's a, a Canadian guy and he does a lot of the same similar stuff. And he's got a, a cut called Polly Anderson's Christmas Party. And folks, if you, don't don't be driving your car when you're listening to Polly Anderson's <laughs> Christmas Party because you will cause an accident. You, you, you know. 
Uh, it's just it's, it's one of the funniest things you, you'll ever hear. Stuart McLean, Polly Anderson's Christmas Party. I'm going to check it out. Well, wait. Now, you get – okay, so you did Elf, Scrooge, Love Actually, A Christmas Story. Was there a fifth one that I missed? Uh, well, you and I talked about it yesterday a little bit, The Man Who Invented Christmas. Oh, God, I love that uh, movie. Oh, it's like one of my new favorites. We watched mm-hmm. it twice in a row. It was just so good. Um, you know, and, it's, and I think uh, I'm recommending it to any of my students, any of my uh, – compadres who are writers mm-hmm. watch this movie you want to know about creativity and where crazy ideas come from watch this movie mm. it's you know it's, it's that little it's got that biopic thing going for it because it's charles dickens and how he wrote the story but all of the little fantasy elements in there too where the, the characters start to follow him around and talk right. to him and he gets mad at him you know right I love that part so yeah, that that is a, that is my new revelation for the season. That that movie isn't just got to be at the top of the list as one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I I'm predicting that one becomes a, a classic. Well, you know, it, it it premiered last year and it got no business, and apparently, but yeah. I think it could become a cult classic because of the way that it's just incredibly uh, realized and managed. It's an amazing, amazingly well done story. So. Well, that's that's our mission in life uh, from from now on, Mark. Is you and I are going to make this a cult classic. Okay, we're going to go on the road. Okay, I got it. We'll we'll paint the van, um, the man who invented Christmas. Put our put our faces there, and and Scrooge. I can, uh, you're Dickens. Yeah, that's that sounds good, Jeff. I think I'm I'm down with that. So, uh, best, Chris, best quote out of yeah, best quote oh, out of that one. Yeah, the the mere sight of cows causes her actual physical pain. <laughs> 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 whacked out, whacked out. I mean, yeah, I agree. What does that even mean? <laughs> there was so much going on in that film, though. It was, it was incredible. Okay, Chris, let's hear your uh, your list. Well, I'll start with an asterisk. Um, Mr. Magoo, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. <laughs> I every time I see that, visions of my childhood Christmases come back to me. Uh, okay, okay. Whoop. It, oh, oh yeah, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, I, 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 I hear you, yeah. I hear you. So, so, but my top five, number five is the ref with Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey and wow. Judy Davis. Okay, yeah, it was a great little film. Yeah, and then I'm probably going old school here. It's a Wonderful Life, mm, definitely Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalie Wood and Maureen O'Hara. Oh man, yeah, right. And then a Christmas story. Story. Christmas. And I have to uh, say, my favorite Christmas movie is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> that movie cracks me up every time, even though I know what's coming. Right, right. Well, it had some. You know, just comedic geniuses behind it, and obviously yeah. some comedic uh, geniuses in it. So, uh, yeah, that almost made my list. It didn't quite, but uh, that was yeah. that would have been definitely on number six or seven on the list. So, yeah, for me, uh, you know, for me, I, some of what's been mentioned, a Christmas story. I think the man who invented Christmas was just what a what a wonderful uh, film. Uh, but I also went with Preacher's Wife, the uh, the remake of Bishop's Wife, because uh, I'm just oh, okay. uh, just so in love well, with uh, Whitney Houston and and Denzel in that movie, uh, just incredible. Uh, and Bad Santa. Well, Denzel's probably the only actor I can think of that could have pulled off a Cary Grant 
roles. Absolutely. That's very true. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. point. He, they were amazing together. I thought their chemistry was incredible. And yeah. I mean, the story's a little, and I, what I like about it is, I guess because of the conflict with the angel coming down, you know, really kind of falling in love with a earthly woman and having her being a little bit conflicted between her husband and this angel, but having him ultimately, it, it reminded me a little bit of a tale of two cities. You know, it's a far, far better uh-huh. thing to do than I've ever done. So, um, and then my favorite, probably I watch it every year with my family is white Christmas. I, uh, you know, I, I signed it to my class one year and they all gave it basically sixes, but there's just, uh, it's just so many good things. Uh, Danny Kay and Bing Crosby and the the yeah. storyline and the, the singing, the dancing. Ugh. What else could you ask for for Christmas? So. Well, way up north where the air gets cold, there's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told. Um, okay, those are great films. So let's weigh in on a, on one that on a, something that I don't think is a Christmas movie that everybody says is a Christmas movie, and I think you're freaking insane. I don't know if any of you agree or disagree with me, but Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Yes or no? It takes it takes place at Christmas time. I know. Yes, but but that's it, and that's it's it. on hundreds of Christmas movie lists. I agree. Yeah, all wrong. But that does. But that doesn't make it right. right. There you if, go. If, look, yeah. Here's the thing. If Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then so is The Curse of the Cat People, <laughs> L.A. Confidential, Rocky IV, yeah. and Eyes Wide Shut. Those are all movies set at, oh, at yes. Christmas time. Right? Well, so, don't forget uh, Trading Places and right, Lethal trading, Weapon. Yeah. yeah, Lethal Weapon, too, you know? So when, when you start to think about a Christmas movie, what I'm just, makes it a Christmas movie, right? You're not. If it uses the uh, if it uses the poignancy of Christmas at some point for the yeah. plot story for the backdrop the canvas yeah. of it it's a Christmas movie right yeah right. well I think it would go on a list that was and entitled that on Christmas movies for people who don't like Christmas movies <laughs> I don't even know if you could put it on that list I. I... <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I would put that on a Christmas list, and um, it's usually in revivals played at Christmas time a lot of the time. And it draws, if you put three or four movies in, a lot of the time that film is in there, you'll see, and people come out for it. And it just has, uh, it captured that moment, and, you know, it was Christmas, so it's a Christmas movie. The movie Same was Trading Places. Trading Places captured that. No, no, no. The movie was was filmed as a uh, during Christmas. It was a Christmas uh, t- uh, time, but it was released in July. It had nothing to do. He he doesn't say ho 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 M- mfers. He says yippee kiyoye. You know he doesn't. There's nothing about Christmas that would. Uh, the only thing about Christmas in that movie is he's coming. Is there's a Christmas party and he's coming to the Christmas party. That's it. Yeah. You know I. I take Jeff's point. Parties know. on, yeah, the party's going on when they when they all bust in and everything on it. Okay, so okay, my so, Jeff, like, well, ask, hey. ask yourself the question: Could you could you replace? at least in Trading Places? Uh, at least in Trading Places, Dan Aykroyd was dressed as Santa. He played him at a Christmas party. Yeah, yeah but yeah. still, go so, ahead, Jeff. So, uh, my my question would be in in Die Hard. So it was a Christmas party. Well, big deal. That was just. That, that was just some flavoring that they added to that. It could have been any kind of party. And in fact, the party was because they had just completed a big deal. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah, and so I, it could have just been that, you know, and he could have just been coincidentally coming out to try and make up with his wife after being the New York City cop guy. And, you know. You're right. And I, I think I think any Christmas story, if you're going to call it a Christmas movie, it has to if for if, for instance, you could set it at any other time of the year and it would still work. I don't think it's right. a Christmas movie. So yeah. a Christmas story, bad Santa, white Christmas. I mean, yes, you could do white Christmas. Well, here's the other thing. Don't you guys think that the spirit of the season, the, the, the concept of Christmas, almost like in a romantic comedy, that there's something magical about that time of year. It's a time, I think Dickens in The Man Who Invented Christmas said, uh, it reminds us of the best of what we can be. And yeah. I, I don't think there's too many other times in the year where that is the, is the case. And I just don't see Die Hard as, as making that, that case. I, I agree with Jeff. You could have had it any time. It could have been an Easter party. It could have been a Hanukkah party. It could have been, it could have been just, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're merging with, uh, you know, uh, yo-yo dine. It could have been anything. It's just, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. In, in a check and yo-yo dine. Um, <laughs> what, you know, one of the things that I get real cynical about with movies is when they, when they're selling a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I happen to love soundtracks, <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of good with them at the same time as I'm cynical about them. But I think one of the reasons that they said it at Christmas was because they had some Christmas music that they wanted to sell on the soundtrack mm. to Die Hard. And yeah, maybe. So, yeah. Oh, oh, it's true. I, I had the soundtrack to Die Hard because I wanted a couple of the songs that were Christmas-oriented on there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that could get other places. So, Well, I mean, there's nothing... New orcs or particularly, uh, you know, critical, uh, what am I trying to say? There's nothing, uh, Hollywood is nothing about self, uh, than, than self-serving. They're very self-serving. Oh, it's but, you, but it is, and there is a lot of cynicism in the business, but I still, I look, if you just strip all that other stuff away, like I said, if it doesn't deal with the spirit of the season, which, you know, maybe that's fake. And I, you know, I wonder about that. I wonder if movies perhaps, uh, you know, do they propagate the myth that Christmas is a wonderful time of year? I mean, aren't we, aren't we really being hypocritical about, uh, you know, is it one time a year we should be that good and that nice to people or should that be in all the, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a little too intellectually, uh, you know, precious or something like that. But, you know, it's like kind of love stories or, or romantic comedies. They propagate the princess myth. They propagate, uh, you know, the fact that there is true love and all that stuff. Yeah. Do, I mean, do so, we? Go ahead. Think in terms of, you're talking about the movie, The Man Who Invented Christmas. Mm-hmm. So think in terms of histor- historically, we didn't have Christmas the way we have Christmas now. Right. Dickens, basically. Yes. Right, right around that period of time. And we didn't have Santa Claus and and all of that other accoutrement until the thirties and forties when Coca-Cola adopted it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wrote, I wrote an entire paper on this for, for one of my business classes, Coca-Cola oh. creating Christmas. Right. So, and it, 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 it amazed me. It absolutely amazed me because so many of the traditions that we hold precious that we think are ancient were actually just enhanced by Coca-Cola advertising. Yeah, no, there a lot of, well, breakfast is a marketing tool that was done by, uh, Freud's nephew, you know, the, uh, so yeah. Uh, I don't think Coca-Cola invented Christmas is quite as compelling as the man who invented Christmas, though, uh, 
Jeff, if you're thinking of writing Coca-Cola invented Christmas, I'm going to advise against it. So, okay. Well, uh, oh. but, but we could get it. We could get a, a sponsorship. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah big, big uh, well, product place. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. So Larry or, or Chris, what do you think about, I mean, are Christmas movies cynical or are they, do they enhance the, the idea or do they, uh, falsify the idea of Christmas. Oh, I think that. Go ahead, Chris. I, I was thinking it could, it depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. For me, a good Christmas movie, it enhances. Mm-hmm. I and I don't feel cynical about it. I mean, yeah, I may be old school in that feeling, but, I know for some people it's just, uh, you know, it's the business and the commercialization and that's all they see. And I'm going, then I think you're missing the point. Okay. okay that's good. No, that's done. good. No, that's a good point. I, I totally, I totally agree. Yeah. Larry, what do you think? Yeah. I think it's enhances it. You know, it, it, especially if the story is about hope lost or something like that. Or, you know, I mean, back to Miracle on 34th Street, you know, the little girl was hoping for a house with a mother and a father. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, but just if it adds hope or some cherished love or something to a, to a dream, um, I think it's, it's perfect and I love it. And most of the Christmas movies always have that touch to it. Even if there's loss, there's poignancy, there's mm-hmm. love and, and you, you know, you always yeah. feel better and you feel better about, yourself and perhaps the world around that's i think yeah. why, I, that's, why perfect. I love. that's perfect larry i think that's I, why i, I love, love that. oh sorry jeff we keep on talking over each no. other uh, let me just make this point that that's yeah. why i like bad santa so much is because he is wholly and totally one of the more cynical characters i've ever seen in on the planet uh he takes advantage of a snotty-nosed kid who doesn't have parents, whose grandmother falls at Cloris Leachman was great in that film. But by the end of the movie, he's been transfer- transformed by just kids' innocence and the idea of Christmas and how how it does make you feel better about yourself, even as it makes other people feel better about themselves. So that, for me... That is the essence. And so, again, I'm going to come back to the idea that Die Hard doesn't really do that. <laughs> I mean, you, you feel good about John McClane and, and, uh, and the, uh, the, the, the African-American cop and stuff. But, uh, boy, just, I don't know. If, I don't know if blowing the roof off of a building it would, would count as being a Christmas miracle or something like that. So. Uh, go ahead, Where Jeff. would Santa land? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, come on. Santa's magical. Don't ever say that again. I'll, I'll, you know. That's okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, way up north where the air gets cold, there's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told. Uh, all right. Well, that was a great discussion. I mean, the reason, uh, you know, we're, we're a script writing podcast, but this, the stuff that we're talking about, I, I think has absolute relevance to anything we do uh not only as script writers but as but creatively we 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 have to understand you know uh romantic comedies aren't just about a certain type of uh love uh that uh, i guess it's agape love or whatever but they, they have a deeper meaning and a deeper purpose and i think christmas movies also you know there's a there is a cynicism attached to him because I think doesn't Hallmark put on like one a day or something during December it's like amazing how many five a day 
Yeah, it's like amazing. And that gets a little bit cynical, but um, but stuff like the movies that you guys mentioned, the lists, those are classic, classic films. And uh, guys, you know, the reason I want to mention uh, The Man Who Invented Christmas, I want to say why I love that movie so much. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever seen the original British series, uh, A Singing Detective, um, which is written by Bob Dennis. Hoskins. Yeah, Bob. No, no, no. It was um, uh, Michael Gambone. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it was written by Dennis Potter, who who unfortunately passed away uh, a few, about 10 years ago, I think, or 15 years ago. But that had four complete stories going on inside of the and it was a mini series it was a little bit different than the man who invented christmas but the the story of the man who invented christmas has at least three complete stories going at the same time it's the story of uh, charles dickens and what he was facing at that time of his life it's it's actually the story it's actually they actually do a christmas carol in the context of all the fantasies that because uh, jeff mentions he's talking to himself uh, and talking to scrooge and it's also the story about, as Jeff mentioned, Christmas was a minor holiday at that time. Uh, and actually, one of the publishers says, are you sure you want to do a book about Christmas? It's a minor holiday. And he basically transformed after, uh, at the end of the movie, they put a scroll up that says, after Dickens' A Christmas, uh, a Christmas Carol was published, uh, con- charitable contributions r- doubled or tripled. So it's just an amazingly well-crafted uh, story, no matter if it was a movie or a book, whoever, uh, the person who did the screenplay, I looked her up, uh, she doesn't have that much, that many credits with movies, but it did a great job on this, just incredible, yeah. uh, presentation. So, um, but it, 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 it's, it's in all ways, in all story, it, all the storylines ended up with that great feeling about Christmas, that positivity. So. Yeah. I think that's what Larry said. And, you know, I, I think Larry's definition, uh, a Christmas movie is something that makes you feel good about yourself right. after you've watched it. Right. That's, so I, 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 I absolutely. Like well, we'll have that. Uh, we'll have that embroidered and put on a t-shirt. You can go to the plot points podcast store and buy, <laughs> buy your son. Make sure you pick the right size. We don't give refunds. So I'm kidding. Well, way up north where the air gets cold, there's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told. And real famous. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we're, we've been talking for a while. Um, I, so I'm going to have to unfortunately cut it short at this point. Uh, I'd love to just continue on and on and on, but we, do, we don't, you know, we're trying to keep it under an hour. And by the time I add music and everything, uh, it, it ends up getting to be uh, close to that. We're, we're at a minute or an hour 17. So I just wanted to say uh, to my co-hosts uh, that how much I appreciate you all. And, uh, and, and enjoy your, your unique perspectives on the world. Uh, this is Jeff's first podcast, but he's been a friend for quite a few years. And, and Larry, you're just, dude, you're world class. You're just a great guy, great heart, uh, kind of a Nobody pain. like Larry. Yeah, kind of, kind of a pain in the ass. But, uh, but, <laughs> uh, and Chris, you know, our discussions every week or every other week on, on life and film and writing are just so precious to me. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I've been a fan of yours for many, many years as a person and as a writer. So thank you very much for uh, being in my lives, in my life. The, the same for me to you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, and to our audience, um, 
you know, you guys make it possible. Well, I mean, even if you weren't here, I would probably be doing this, but I do appreciate the feedback I receive on the uh, podcast and uh, <clears throat> to my students and to the men and women, uh, the board of directors of the OC screenwriters and all our membership. I really do appreciate uh, more than you can imagine the support and the uh, even the criticism. I, I, you know, without, without that, there would not, you know, writers are, we're used to that. We, we want that. We welcome that. If we don't hear that, we think we're doing a great job. So if there we're not, we know we need to hear it. So thank you for so much for everybody's feedback, everybody's support. Um, a special shout out to my original co-hosts, Toby Walwork and Mary Claire uh, Anderson Van Kempen for getting us started down this path. Um, it, it's just been just been a wonderful, wonderful journey up to this point. And uh, before I get too maudlin, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna leave leave it up. Any final comments from any of you guys? Oh ho ho! <laughs> did you just <laughs> ring some bells? <laughs> I, I did. I did. I just rang my jingle bell. Yeah, you did. <laughs> hey, uh, so speaking of that, final the, words. Wait a minute. Speaking of that dingle bells, um, we'll have you back on to talk about, I want to talk about creativity and uh, I know you have some good things to say about that. So maybe you can, maybe you'll sit in for the next podcast or, or one in 2019 if you have a chance. That would be great. Sure. Okay. Well, anything else besides ringing those bells? Ding-a-ling-a-ling? <laughs> I'll give you my you final know. word. Go ahead, Larry. God bless us, everyone. God bless us. I thought you were. I thought you were going to say "drink heavily." I thought that was going to come out of your mouth, but it's not. that's not a Christmas movie. Uh, no, but that's yeah, but that's what you usually say. My my advice to you that's is drink heavily. Bible. That's part of the Bible. <laughs> okay, don't know. No, we're not going down that path. Jeff, did you have anything else to say? I'm sorry. Uh, well, to support Larry on that biblical reference, uh, the <laughs> wine makes wine makes the heart of mortal man rejoice. Just the Song of Solomon, or, they, or Solomon said that somewhere. Right. So, no, this this has been a lot of fun, Mark. Um, you know, one thing I will say is uh, storytelling is what we do, and mm -hmm. whether we're doing it in books or on podcasts or uh, in in film. Um, there's a language here that we all kind of share, and the storytelling language is, is a lot of fun. So mm -hmm. you personally have enhanced my abilities to storytell, and I want to just express my appreciation publicly for that. Oh, thank, thank you, Mark. Thank you. I appreciate it. Chris, I'll give you the uh, penultimate uh, last word. Merry Christmas to all. Oh. And to all a good great. night. There you go. That's great. great. And to my audience, my friends, my family, everybody out there in Dead Radio Land, uh, this is Plot Points Podcast. We are a uh, a uh, sort of affiliate of Orange County Screenwriters Association. We can be found at plotpoints.com, on iTunes, I think it's Plot Points Podcast, and on uh, you can call us if you have any – if you want to yell at us for saying that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie – uh, you can reach us at 919 scripts, uh, and leave a message. Uh, we will use your voice on the air if you allow us to, if you give us permission. But, uh, any questions, comments, or anything like that, please, please, please reach out. We, we value your input. And from all of us, uh, here in Southern California and the Orange County Screenwriters Association, OC Film and Television and Plot Points Podcast, be inspired. Do good work. Come
this time each year. Well, way up north where the air gets cold, there's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told, and a real famous cat all dressed up in. 